Welcome to the Tote the Note podcast hosted by Jim Rhodes, founder and head coach at the Octane Group. Join us while we dive into the questions that matter most to buy here, payer operators in the world of subprime auto finance. This episode is brought to you by our friends at NEO. And now, here's your host, Jim Rhodes. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the uh, Tote the Note podcast. I am thrilled to have with us in studio here in Clearwater this time. We're doing it right in the same building, same room. And so I'm glad to have Bill Elizondo with uh, NIADA join us. And we're going to talk about leasing today. Wow. Hey, well, thank you very much. And I didn't think you were going to stop that music. I was ready to start getting up and dancing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. that was great. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's Michelle's voice, as you know, that's in there. So everybody knows Michelle now from the morning show and, uh, and of course, Facebook. But yeah, so we're, we're fortunate to have Bill Elizondo. For those of you who don't know Bill, I've known Bill for some time. We met before you were with NIEDA. And uh, at that time, I think you were with AFS Software. Mm -hmm. And then you spent a time before that with uh, Superior yes. Auto, right? Mm -hmm. And that was a couple of years, I think. And then you had um, a long stint with America's Carmart. Tell us about yep. that. Uh, it's a great uh, opportunity. Uh, I was the vice president of operations when I uh, decided to go to Superior. And uh, I was before that director of collection practices and review for the company. So, nice. yeah, it was a, a good, nice eight years. I got to really cut my teeth into the buy here, pay here business uh, being a, in that particular case, a dealer. Right. Um, because, right. Uh, you know, we were we did just we did everything. Right. Uh, so there was not anything we didn't do. So it was it was wonderful. And then you had a long stint with uh, Car Financial. Right? I did. Yeah. I did. That was uh, some great years. Uh, you know, the, the greatest part about being at Car Financial is I still see most of these guys around. Oh, you know, sure. uh, I happened to see two or three of the guys just recently at uh, one of the uh, uh, current conventions that just happened just the other day. Mm -hmm. It's great to catch up with them. But, you know, we're, you know, most of us who have been through and been around Car Financial, you know, that you understand so much of the business that you can do so many different things. You're vers versatile in so many ways that, yeah. uh, you know, people still stay in this business because we all love it. Sure. Oh, yeah. So I know Chris Tiller, we've talked about. I know Chris oh, yes. over there. And Chris was with us on a uh, prior uh, tote the note episode. And yes. So that's a one I would encourage our listeners to go find as well. I would as well. I thought yeah. it was fantastic. Yeah. I think uh, uh, both Chris um, uh, and Brent did a fantastic job. Yeah. Uh, as, of course, you did a great well, job. Thank you. Yeah, job. I showed up. But yeah, the uh, there, that was a rich subject. And so I definitely think people would uh, enjoy hearing that. And Car Financial, of course, has been around a long time. And uh, and, and Chris in particular has a, a, you know, a lot of experience in that space. So yeah. they know this deep subprime space quite well. So I know that um, you have a good deal of experience with leasing, obviously, in your work as a moderator, you work with dealers who also do uh, lease your pay here. Yes. Right. And so I knew you would be a person who could really add a lot to this conversation. I have um, a cursory experience with it on pieces. And then I've, I was in pretty deep with a dealership in Tennessee that did leasing. And so uh, learned a lot of the accounting parts of that, and of course, how to we we set up sales process to help uh, negotiate and navigate some of the the parts that would come up. To, and we'll get around to talking about those. But mm -hmm. I think you know it might help to, to give a little background on the leasing thing. Like when when we think about lease here, pay here, and and I I really want us to focus today. And we'll we'll go slowly through this because some sure. of this stuff is kind of um, is is gonna be new to some of our listeners, and it's it's a little complex parts of it. Right. Right. But the, if we think about it in the context of, you know, your typical lease transaction, I personally have leased vehicles back when I was a, a salesperson, sales manager in the middle nineties, we were, we were selling leasing on new cars right. and you would have some resistance back then 
there was still some carryover from years ago when they used to do some open-ended leases and a lot of people got in some really uncomfortable places, probably only on new cars back right. then, but there was still some kind of a carryover from that back then. Now that's improved, but there's still a bit of discomfort, as you know, within our consumer base is that the customer sometimes feels like they want to own the car and they say, you're going to lease it to me. It's like a rental. No, I want to own it. You know, they feel like they want to own the car. And so we have to navigate that. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's a, a little bit of a selling point and, and a discussion, but you know, with the, the benefits of, of why you do leasing and what the benefits are to the consumer themselves. Yeah. Uh, once you explain those to them in a lot of cases, you know, they're going to see the value there. You know, what do most of our customers want to do? They want to turn the car back in after two years or they turn it back in after one year. And they have that that availability a lot more in a lease year payer, especially today. Right. Uh, You know, I mean, the the opportunities in in today's market, uh, considering the price of the cars and and the expense and the term that you have to put them on, you know, in in a lease, you can put them on, you know, 24 months, 36 months and still get them that same car that you were trying to get them before. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the back end of the residual is going to be the only thing that's going to be the difference. And, if you, and, you know, again, it's an explanation. And I think that, you know, if, if you do a good enough job in any situation, whether it's buy here, pay or lease here, pay here, and you talk with them enough and you explain to them what exactly is happening mm-hmm. and there's no hidden agenda, so to speak, sure. at that point in time, it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. So I want to make sure before we move away from it, that, um, do you, the clients that you work with, are they primarily doing a, a, what I would call a lease to own? I mean, does customer always give an opportunity to buy the thing at the end or how's that work? Yes. You know, in, in, uh, in most of the, and all the lease here pay here's that, uh, that I uh, work with and, and, or that are part of some of the, even the 20 groups that we have, mm-hmm. um, the biggest thing that they have and the availability that they have is that they're going to offer an opportunity for the customer to be able to buy the car Okay. After they finish the lease part of uh, the, uh, you know, after they finish the lease. Okay. So at that point in time, they have the residual, they just buy it out. And in a lot of cases, some dealers don't charge any finance charge and, and uh, they allow them to kind of, you know, run with it and, and just let them pay it out. Because at that point in time, you know, it's a benefit to them that they're actually, the, the customer's going to be able to own that vehicle at that yeah. point. So again, let's go slowly on this part, because I, th- I don't want to assume that some of our listeners understand this piece about, especially you already mentioned the word residual. And I think we, we want to take it slow where take, take me, for example, back when I used to lease cars as a consumer, um, and I've done it even so recently, it can make sense, but it's like, there are things to understand about that. So for, first of all, the way I would describe it to someone, because sometimes friends would ask me, right. why, why do you lease? And I basically say, look, the way I feel about it, we all pay for our depreciation in one form or another, sure. right? Is it, it's a question of how we choose to pay for it because cars is going to depreciate and somebody's got to pay for that. Yeah. It's usually going to be me, the consumer, right? So now I got to figure out, okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to finance this thing for three years or lease it for three years. Right. And the way I would, the thing I enjoyed about that as much as anything, I would explain to people, well, it gives me a walk away option. If my circumstances change and I no longer need the vehicle or want the vehicle at the end of three years, because I, you know, I leased a pickup truck and now I want a minivan whatever, uh, then I can just simply walk away. And the, the lessor or the lease company that provided the funding on that, they're the ones that are taking the risk on its value at that time. Right. That's That's really true of our lease here, pay here people too. They're, they're kind of predicting a future value in their case. They're mostly using around 20%. Is mm-hmm. that fair? That's correct. That's, okay. That'd so, be correct. so it's not quite the same as a calculation would be on a new Toyota Forerunner, where they're going to do some really specific calculations and they're coming up with a 53% residual or whatever the number is. Right. In our case, it's a little more regimented on a used car. Sure. It's kind of specific and really 
let's talk about the motivations then. If you're a dealer, then what, what is your real motivation for choosing to go leasing for your customer? Let's talk about the, the kind of the positives for the dealer first. What sure. would you been, how would you benefit? Oh my goodness. Um, you know, you have the availability of, of, uh, the vehicle coming back to you at a point in time. Uh, but, uh, you know, and, and before we get to that, I want to kind of get back to something you just said, mm-hmm. and I don't want to, I don't want to miss this one because most of our customers, uh, and you made this comment, you know, they have the chance to kind of get out of it. You know, if, Anybody in the buy here, pay here business knows that after two years, in normal cases, everybody wants to get out to. It. And in fact, that's, you know, Car Financial, when we first started with them, we would never buy any contract or any note over 24 months yeah. for a reason. Yeah. We knew that, you know, that was about the time period that was going to be beneficial and anything mm-hmm. longer was just, it was not sure. going to, not going to pay out. Sure. So, you know, in a lease, you have that capability and that ability to be able to, you know, after two years, get out of it, if that's what you really want to do at that point in time. You know, there's sometimes a fee for that, you know, to the consumer, but, uh, or to the, to the lessee, but, you know, and that's one thing, you know, you got to remember terminology mm-hmm. and, you know, that's going to be another thing we're probably going to be talking about in just a few minutes, but, um, so now getting to your question, you know, uh, what, what is the benefits to the dealer at this mm-hmm. point? Well, first of all, I can get my car back. So at that point in time, I have the availability of having, uh, getting this vehicle back after two or three years that the cur- that the person leases it. And either I can do a few different things. I can release it again, depending on the value mm-hmm. I can wholesale it. Um, or I can just go ahead and just retail and just sell it outright to somebody at that point. Okay. in time. So yeah. those three things are a true benefit. Uh, you have the the tax advantage, and that's another big thing that I think we're going to probably talk about it in just a few minutes as well, and kind of discuss that a little bit more. But you also have the availability on a lease; it's still your vehicle, mm-hmm. so you know there lies the opportunity for you as the lessor to be able to go and get that vehicle if the individual is not paying as agreed. Mm-hmm. Right. And in some states where you know you have a right to cure law, and, and I'm not saying every state, and I'm not. I'm not an attorney, nor do mm-hmm. I play right, one on TV. Right, right. But um, in normal cases, you have that capability to be able to go and get that car without having to wait that 20 days and then another 15 days after that to do it that way. So those are the uh, the capabilities that you have as far as, uh, and, you know, that's another positive bankruptcies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're not included in bankruptcies because again, sure. you're the lessor, you're the, you're the person that you own the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Your name is still on that title. Right. So, you know, that gives a, you know, a big advantages for you at that point in time. Yeah. So, so those are pieces certainly that would be significant. I think if I, if I'm looking at it from the dealer's perspective and, and I told you, I, I kind of want to give an example. And so our Absolutely. listeners might want to jot down some numbers here, because as we talk about these numbers, this will kind of, um, I don't want to get too technical. Like we probably would have to do a whole separate episode with maybe with some CPAs present to help oh, yeah. us really break down. <laughs> Say, hold on, numbers. that's not correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's just some real, there's some complex math here right. around, no, absolutely. Yeah. you know, some of these things. And so I think the part that I wanted to touch on was this, this idea that when a customer, well, first of all, let's quickly dispense of the idea that when we are leasing, if we're doing lease or pay here, we don't need an RFC. Right. Right. We are because of the way we're taxed. And so we can talk about that part, but, but a lease company, generally speaking, they only experience or realize income as they collect from the consumer. Correct. So that alleviates the thing about, you know, the markup and getting taxed on the markup, like we do in a retail installment contract. So that's one piece. And then I think the other part is if, if the example I wanted to give, I have a $20,000 selling price on a car, or in this case, 
we don't need to get into all the complex terminology yeah, about sure. that, but, but basically it's, it's a selling price. And so now you got a thousand dollars down from that customer on a $20,000 price. You've got um, a $450 a month payment was kind of what I picked. And then we said 20% residual. So I picked $4,000 as a residual sure. amount. So with those numbers, I think the first thing that happens for a dealer is they've got the car sitting on the lot that's inventory, just like the retail dealer does. Now the customer comes in and agrees to lease the thing on, let's pick a 24 month lease. Mm -hmm. Okay. They put a thousand dollars down. Well, the difference for that dealer versus a, a retail dealer is if I'm leasing, I only have to remit sales tax on the down payment that I receive from the customer. Right. Right. Whereas on a retail installment contract, my sales tax would be calculated on the selling price of the car. So that means if I got $1,000 down from the customer on a $20,000 price, depending on where my, my sales tax is in my area, then the, the dealer, the retail dealer or retail installment contract dealer is going to have to cough up in typically about 30 days. Yeah. Right? You're going to have a paper tag and they're going to have to go to the DMV and pay the sales tax. So that's a big chunk of $1,000 that comes from the consumer that goes directly to the DMV doesn't get to stay in the dealer's pocket for risk. So the dealers immediately got that much risk in the contract versus, you know, the, the lease sure. situation. And, and, you know, it, um, the, uh, there's 31 pay as you go States. Okay. So, uh, you know, and, and that, uh, that's a huge benefit. Now there's going to be different things in some of the other States, I see. Okay. But, but for the most part, you know, you have 31 that are pay as you go. Okay. Uh, so, you know, that, that's a true benefit in a lot of different ways okay. to a lot of people who don't have that. Uh, state of Texas is a little bit different. You know, they have right. some different, uh, but even in the state of Texas, there's some, there's some huge benefits um, that, that they have, you know, when uh, the, the, you buy the car, you pay taxes on it once and, and you don't have to pay the taxes on it again, whether you get it back, you resell it or, or you wholesale it or anything else. Okay. So, so there's, there's some other benefits that, that Texas huh. has that, that uh, other states don't have. Okay. Um, that, and, and one of the reasons that I, I mentioned that is because, Texas is a pay-as-you-go state. I mean, you can do that uh, on a, on on a retail, retail stuff. Yeah. Right. So that's uncommon. Like, I'm not aware of other states besides Texas that do that. So just for our listeners that aren't familiar, in Texas, they have the good fortune, the dealers do, to be able to uh, remit sales tax as they collect from the customer instead of having to cough it up up front right. in that scenario that I, I described a minute ago. So obviously, it makes it very advantageous for dealers in the state of Texas. And, and, it, and it offsets a little bit some of the benefit of the lease, the sales tax benefit of going the, the lease route, for example. But now let's move into the customers made their down payment. We've addressed the sales tax piece. We understand that we've got a, a big check we have to write to the DMV if we're doing a retail installment contract. But now as we move forward into the let's talk about what it looks like when the customer makes their first payment and sure. $450 payment. Let's say it's a month out. Well, let's, let's kind of break down what the difference looks like for the dealer now. So the dealer still hasn't, uh, the, the lease dealer still hasn't um, reported a lot of income. They collect the down payment, right. that's income. And now they collect another $450. So there's a small amount of that that's sure. reported now as income. Right. Mm -hmm. And so let's compare that now to the retail dealer, the, the, the retail dealer has already experienced markup. I think the example I gave was, let's suppose this $20,000 car, they paid $13,000 for it. That means they experienced $7,000 in gross profit on the sale, just simple numbers, not factoring in you right. know, recon or whatever, but they, they got $7,000 of gross profit there, which means they're going to be taxed on that. Now, at some point they would discount the note if they have an RFC, but, but this is why we have an RFC because they're going to be experiencing $7,000 of gross profit. Sure. They've not yet collected any of that gross profit. They're negative from a cash perspective, even after the first payment. And so they're, they're actually 
you know, going to be negative on cash, but they've also got this income tax obligation associated with this gross profit. Yep. Whereas the lease dealer, they've just barely seen a really small amount of income, right. From having collected that. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk about quickly. And I don't, I don't mean to get too deep into accounting, but basically in the lease situation, as I understand it and remember it, the, the, the dealer is who's leasing has this asset on their, their lot, this Mm -hmm. inventory on their lot. And now when they lease, the customer pays the down payment and so on the balance sheet, though, that continues to be an, an, an inventory type of asset. It's not yeah. on the property anymore, but it's a, it's the value of the car is the remaining asset. Am I right? That should be correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, you know, and, you know, right now um, there, there's a, there's a, some other strengths that you have um, and we can kind of go into it, but, you know, uh, and that would get a little bit deeper, but, you know, there's, there's a hundred percent depreciation that you have, even at this point in time that you can still take on, okay. you know, uh, the, the assets yourself mm-hmm. um, in, in a lease, mm-hmm. whereas in that, that'll start to change in the next few years. But, you know, even at this point in time, it's still a benefit for you to be doing leasing, but that's, that's another different subject at that point in time. And I mean, I, like you said, I think that we can kind of go into a lot of different things. At this yeah. Point. There, there are complexities here and and I'll just restate that, you know, neither Bill or myself, we're not attorneys and we're not CPAs. So we're not trying to give legal advice here. We're not giving them any kind of financial advice, nope. especially around any accounting, but we're just trying to help dealers understand if they're new to this and they're trying to understand the concept, because I, my frustration, what prompted me to reach out to you and have this conversation in this way is that my frustration around social media and some of the things we see shared out there is a lot of people talking about leasing and, and of course, like a lot of things, you know, whether it's golf clubs or whatever, it's like, you, you should have this kind, that's the only kind to have. And, you know, some will say you should only do leasing. I'll, I'll only do leasing. And so others say, I'll, I'll always do a retail installment contract. Well, it's not a one size fits all. It's right. kind of everybody's different situation and what their business strategy is. It can vary with that. But the other part that frustrates me is I feel like people who talk about leasing or try to promote leasing, don't tell the whole story. Right. Like there are certainly advantages around leasing and, sure. and we understand there can be advantages for the consumer. There can be advantages for the dealer. Um, so there are a lot of advantages, but I think it, it because we work with dealers, especially who are new to the business, right. right? We do a lot of work with launch dealers who are getting in it. And, and we obviously have an obligation to share with them the total picture before they step into that. And so we're accustomed to kind of introducing them to all those things. So I think that's the important thing is to me, the balance sheet is very, very different instead sure. of where the retail installment contract dealer 30 days in the first payment, they've got, you know, a $19,000 note, you know, on their receivables still. So they, the inventory is not part of their, um, their assets anymore. It's not on their balance sheet. Right. The car's not, but now it's replaced with this large note. Whereas the lease dealer doesn't have the notes. They have the, the car really is the asset. So that takes me into this thing about the liability. You know, if you're, if you're a lease dealer and you have 200 cars out on lease, then that means you have some liability associated with those assets that are out there driving around in the County. Sure. Am I right? Well, you have some liability as far as um, just like you're in a buy here, pay here. I mean, if you're thinking that you have liability of them doing something and that it's going to come back to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Okay. They don't have that liability. So uh, the Graves Amendment, and I can't remember exactly when it was enacted, but I, I almost can remember it being 2005 would be the date that I just sticks in my head. Okay. Um, but uh, that, uh, you know, and it's gone up in, in court a couple of different times. Okay. Um, it, you know, relieves you, uh, you the, the lessor uh, from the liability. Um, and so it, it stays on the leasee at that point in time for anything that they do. 
incorrectly or, you know, whether it's, you know, anything at any point in time, you know, it could be a, a bad wreck, you know, it could be a, you know, a, a manslaughter, whatever Sure. Uh, at that point. So, you know, that, that you, the liability is the same liability that you would have if you had a vehicle out there on the street right okay. now and they the didn't have insurance. Okay. And you know, that, that same is that, that's what you're talking about. That right? is that's yeah. the part that sure. I had understood that there was still, cause I remember dealer shopping for, insurance since 2005. And I thought there was um, um, suggestion that the insurance was higher for, for dealers who are leasing. So I don't know what that, I, you know, I, I can't say that I, I, I honestly, I cannot speak to that directly, Yeah, but, but that's, you know, I mean, I can just like anything else, you know what, I can gather the information and let you know, yeah. but I, I have not heard that it's actually larger. I think or, we can just more. urge our listeners to investigate that part sure. for themselves and let's let, let them uh, figure that out. But they be aware that. that that could be a thing to sure. address with your insurance company. Maybe ask the question sooner than later mm-hmm. and make them aware that you are going to be doing leasing. So you touched on the repo part. Let's talk about that. The, sure. In the case of a repo, you're saying in some states, the repo uh, rules are more favorable for leasing. Sure. Well, you know, you're, you're not, so since you're not included in a bankruptcy at that point in time, you, you have the availability to go and pick up that car because again, you're the lessor. So you're not going to be included in the bankruptcy at that okay. point. Um, you know, the repossessions are still about the same. So you, you, you don't want to repossess just off the cuff. It's going to be for a good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but for all practical purposes, uh, you give them the same kind of time frame and and uh, and again, you know, I speak directly for even Missouri, who's got a right to cure law, and um, I just uh, started a a, uh, a new uh, customer uh, that is and and a twenty group member that he does specifically lease your pay here. And the reason he started to do it is because he doesn't have to wait like a buy here pay here mm-hmm. for those twenty days, and then an additional I think it's fifteen days after that for a right to cure to send the first letter and then send the second letter, and then you can cure it, and then you can go and pick it up if they're still def- uh, in default at that sure. time. Gotcha. And then um, the bankruptcy piece. So have, you, have you had much experience with that part? I really know very little about that part. Yeah, no, the bankruptcy. There's uh, you're you're not included in the bankruptcy, yeah. so that's not part of of uh, because again, you are the owner of that. You're still you still have the titles in your name. Okay. So you can go and get that. Plus, it makes it easier. So it, you know, gets impounded at some point in time. Something happens to it. You can uh, go and get that vehicle from the impound a lot easier at that point in time. You don't have sense. to have all the other paperwork that you wow. normally have to have in a buy here, pay here side of it. That's because, a good point. Yeah, you know, you you turn that vehicle over now. Uh, in some states where you allow the customer to go and you know get their tags and title, and sometimes they don't. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, you still have that same capability at that point in time, sure. but that's not what you're looking for. And, you know, in the lease, that is a just an all every time, you know, uh, each time that you have uh, you do a, less, a lease at that point mm-hmm. as well. So I want to go back to the bankruptcy thing just for a minute, because I, I really hadn't thought about that piece where I do remember with uh, the group that I was with in Tennessee for a time that you said you can't be included. But I remember a lot of times the customer didn't know that the customer's attorney didn't know that it would, they would try to include it. Yeah. Right. And you, so you had to be on standby to quickly notify them that no, that's, that's, that car doesn't belong in the bankruptcy. Right. That's right. I'm, I'm the, the, I'm still the owner of that vehicle. Right. Um, I've just leased it out. Here's the leasing agreement and, you know, and so on. And, and uh, yes, that is correct. Yeah. And I think for our new listeners out there, it's like that, that whole concept around just the impound thing to me is something I hadn't contemplated, but you're right. The, you know, the fact that that car's titled in my name, I can show up and reclaim that in a much different way. Right. right? And as opposed to, you know, having to go through the documentation or the hoops of being a lien holder and and may or may not be past due, whatever it's, 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 it's my car. Sure. Like if I'm the lessor, yep. right? Yeah. Very good. So, yeah, I think that's, you know, we covered a lot of those. I think the other things that come to mind for me when I think about leasing that doesn't get talked about enough is like, 
there, you're going to have fewer options in software, right? Right. There are just fewer providers out there, a DMS yes. that are going to provide a solution. And we, we don't have to list them, but I know there are probably good five or six. Yeah, that's about mind. right. Yeah. So that, you know, that are the main players in, in, in our market. Um, there's probably a few others that, you know, but, but these are the ones that, uh, well, Hey, I look at, I see them at the, at the trade shows, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're, um, that they're, they're always involved in the dealers associations and, sure. and the NIADA as well. Sure. Yeah. And I can say that you're going to want a good accountant because not every accountant oh. out there is going to be familiar with right. lease accounting. It's a, it's a bit of a trick. Like I got to tell you, I, I can do, uh, related finance company accounting and, you know, the dealership relationship, I can do that stuff frontwards and backwards. You know, I probably had one accounting class in college. I had to get in there and learn it. The leasing thing that was more challenging for me sure. to learn. And I, I would say, I still don't with the, the years I spent with them. There's still parts of that that are fuzzy. And, you know, so that's uncomfortable to me. Like if I'm a dealer, I really need to understand the, you know, what's happening in my financials. And so I think that's a, a thing to know is that, you know, there may be a pretty steep learning curve, with, with lease accounting so sure. that you really understand what's happening in your business. Mm -hmm. In some ways it's simpler. There's the car, you know, here's the payments in some ways that's simpler. Uh, but I would just say that it's important for us to know, you know, how the accounting works, which means getting a really good CPA who can handle that. Oh yeah. And you know, it's how funny you should be asking that, uh, or talking about that right now. I just talked to somebody about that today mm -hmm. and the conversation was, you know, and, and what I expressed and, and, uh, is that, even in some accounting firms, mm -hmm. there's people that are going to know uh, the right. lease or pay her and buy her pay her space. And those others are not. And it's, it is what it is. But, you know, I said, get specifically these people, you know, so, so there's certain names of individuals that you should be doing business with that understand the lease here, pay here side of this business. Mm -hmm. And just like you should understand, you know, they, they know the buy here, pay your side of this right. business. Right. And there's others that don't, you know, I mean, sometimes your local, you know, CPA, Great friend, been a friend for 30, 40 years. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. But not knowing this side of the business is, is going to be a detriment to you. Right. Yeah. So a couple of things we can uh, finish up here. I want to talk a little bit more about the residual before we kind of move into the exit piece of, of leasing and, and the, you know, the secondary market part. But when I think about the residual, I, let me kind of explain it. Like, let me say it in a way that I would say it to a consumer. And then sure. you can correct me if any part of this is, is mistaken. Like if I were presenting a lease to a customer, I would say, so here, how's this going to work? You're going to basically, the, the nice thing for you is, you know, in traditional financing, you would be financing hundred percent of the car and you'd be pay, paying interest on hundred percent of the amount that you, you paid for the car. In the case of the lease, we're going to lease it to you for 24 months. You're, so you're going to have a smaller payment because in, in a way you're paying, you're only paying for a portion of the car and you're going to decide later if you want the other portion of the car. So right now you're just deciding to, to use this portion. You're going to pay for that. And now you're going to reach this residual which quickly, I got to say, one of the nice things from a sales strategy standpoint is if I know the customer's got to come see me in 24 months to resolve this, I get to have a conversation with my customer at a time that the car still got some value. Right. Customers lose an interest in the car. It's a good opportunity for me to trade them into something else. Right. Right. And so that's one of the real positives I think that doesn't get talked about enough is from a pure sales standpoint, it's nice that you have that sort of forced conversation at the 24 month mark in this example. It's like you, you, you have a conversation with the customer and say, what do you want to do? Do you want to continue to lease it? Do you like it? You want to keep the payment the same, keep leasing? I understood that was one of the options. Yes. You could turn the car in, right? Without penalty, if you have damages, you'd pay for the damages. Right. But otherwise, that's a simple part of that. It's like, that's why there's that residual. You pay this part now, 
And depending on what your needs are at the end of that, you, you, we can either get you into a different car with lower miles, right. Or we can, you know, talk about keeping that car. So the customer's got options, right. Absolutely. In a a very different way than they would have in in the case of the retail installment contract. Absolutely. You know, I, I will say, and, um, you know, one of the things about uh, the guest, once you get them in that vehicle at that point in time, mm-hmm. that individual uh, will have a lot of uh, opportunities to, you're right, do these different things. Now, in some cases and in, in some leases that they have, you know, there's uh, sometimes they, they have uh, almost like a buyout, you mm-hmm. know, that they have yeah. to pay a certain amount of money right. to get out of okay. the uh, other agreement mm-hmm. um, or the lease at that point in time, because mm-hmm. it's not an agreement, it's a lease. So, okay. you know, I, I, so we haven't talked about the negatives and I really want to be able to yeah, speak to some of the negatives sure. as well. So, you know, we, when we're ready to do that, you know, I want to make sure that, yeah. because look, there's a lot of positives and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you're going to have to weigh what's best for you and for the business that you're trying to do, because, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, a lease can be, there can be negatives as well. There is not, you don't have ownership in it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's a lot of people out there, you know, um, that, that, uh, you know, you do business with right now that they want to be able to own that vehicle. They want to say, I want my name on that title, not sure. yours. Right, right. Um, so, so that's, that's one of, of the potential negatives, uh, you know, um, but, you know, there's also uh, the negative of, you know, uh, you know, if you have uh, some guests that want to go and they don't understand all the terminology, mm-hmm. if you're not explaining it to them correctly and they don't understand that this is truly just a lease and it's only going to be, it's going to be a real big negative. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the positive of going, again, going back to the other side is, you know, if, as long as you do all those things, it can be a, a positive for you in that respect as well. Have you had any dealers doing either or like on the same car? Will they give the customer the choice? Well, it, I've had some that have tried, um, but in, in uh, it gets confusing. That sounds um, tricky. So uh, especially with, with our guests that, that go into a specific uh, type of, or to go into our dealerships at that point in time, or, and I say our, their dealerships at that point in time, yeah, yeah. Um, I still think I'm a car dealer. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but uh, go into their dealerships and go and talk to them. If the terminology is not, if, if it's confusing to uh, the guests at that point in time, it's going to be confusing down the road. And then all of a sudden they're going to say, I didn't sign. I, I wasn't aware that I was doing a lease. And no, then there's a lot more issues at that point. Right. So, yeah. So there, with that dealership in Tennessee, we were very, very careful to fully disclose early on. Right. This is all we do here is leasing. And so be aware. And it's not a, it's not a negative. You just need to understand it. And so, yeah, there's a way to overcome. Sure. So I think the training part of that is, um, you know, there's, there's some things to overcome, but it can be with good training and good raising, you know, we can help the customer get comfortable with that idea because you're really not trying to take advantage. In fact, one quick thing I would touch on again is that, you know, if I were, if I had both inventory, like let's say I had a $20,000 car and it was leasing and I had a $20,000 car over here that was retail installment contract, you could almost say to the customer, look, I'm happy to help you, um, you know, with this lease deal at your thousand dollars down, it means a lot more because we don't have to take as much of that out as for sales tax. Right. And so your thousand dollars actually represents a larger commitment, you know, in, in a way, um, on this particular deal. Um, so I could help you with the retail installment contract, but we might, we might need more down payment. So understand part of the reason that we like to offer leasing is because it helps me to help you on down payment. Right. I can let you in the car with, without as much, if I'm doing only retail installment contract, I might have to be expecting more down payment to make it all work. Sure. 
you know? And so it's just a way to approach it, help overcome that. I don't know if you had any other negatives. The things I was going to move into as kind of the exit part was kind of the secondary market when it comes to selling paper. Right, sure. If you think about exiting the business or value of your business, you know, it's, it's problematic. In fact, I heard a story not long ago, of somebody I knew who was in the business in, uh, in Texas, they had a pretty large lease portfolio. Uh, the principal passed away. And they really just couldn't find a home for where to go sell the paper. Right. And so they basically made a decision to run it off, which was not their first choice. They would have preferred to just liquidate the paper. Mm -hmm. But that, that particular scenario is one that can come up just because there aren't as many buyers for that kind of paper. That is correct. Um, you know, that, that I think that's been the, the biggest negative uh, in, in the space right now. Um, there's so many positives for leasing. Um, and, you know, just like anything else, you know, uh, as a nonprofit, we don't sell anything. We're just yeah. trying to give you information and insight. Sure. So I get people asking me that all the time, Bill, right. what's the biggest negative that's out there? Right. I said, it's money. Yeah. I said, you know, there's not enough people that, that are lending for it. Sure. Um, and there's not enough that that'll buy it if it goes bad. Mm -hmm. So if you think of those two as, as the biggest negatives, uh, then, you know, and you can get past those, then you're okay. Yeah. But, but, you know, for, for back to your point is there's not a lot of people that, that can buy or would buy that, those receivables at that mm -hmm. point in time, uh, or, you know, the, those leases, um, they, they, but there's more that are getting into it. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. can tell you that uh, uh, there's two or three different finance companies and or banks and or institutions, mm -hmm. uh, financial institutions that are truly looking into getting into it. In fact, I just got a call from somebody just the other day asking me that exact same question. Uh, been traveling a little bit, so um, I, I haven't had a chance to get back with them. But they're a very large entity that that wants to understand more about what are the the, the strengths and the pitfalls. You know that, yeah. that I can see from sure. my standpoint, right? Um, because I'm I'm you know directly involved in a lot of them, and being in the twenty groups and having a lease here, pay here twenty group, that is a big part of of the opportunity for us to be able to discuss a lot of these things, positives and negatives at that point as well. I should have explained to our listeners that, uh, you know, we generally try to keep these conversations down to 30, 45 minutes, but I knew that with this particular subject, we were going to need to, you know, expand on some parts of this. And, and I hope what we shared has been useful to some of the folks. We'll, we'll wrap up here shortly, but uh, folks have been hanging in there for a bit, but I got to go for a swim. Yeah, right. You got to get out of here. But now I think the, uh, the part that we, we want to make sure to introduce is that you know, when I think about it, if I'm a lender and, and you were in that capacity with car financial for a long time, if I'm a lender, I can see why, because we just replayed the whole thing. It's like, I can see why the down payment or I'm sorry, the residual piece is a positive for the dealer. Right. I'm a dealer and I'm going to finance this customer and we keep them in our portfolio. I'm going to trade them into another car in two years or three years or whatever that period looks like. Then I can see the value for them. When I'm a lender and, I, and I'm going to loan against that paper and I, and I run the risk of a default, I don't, I don't, want to be in a place to have to deal with those residuals. Right. How am I going to deal with that? I don't have the same benefit that you're going to have as a dealer. Right. And so I just, I've always kind of recognized that that would be problematic for me if I were going to be a lender um, or buying the paper. It's like, I don't, I don't enjoy the same benefit at that lease. Um, you know, when that lease balance comes due or that residual balance comes due, I don't enjoy the same benefit that the dealer does. Sure. So it's just kind of problematic in that way for me. And I think it's just an important part that doesn't get talked about enough. And I think, you know, it's important for people who are contemplating this as a business model to, to look at all that. All Bill and I tried to do here today was to introduce people to the high points and low points, maybe of both sides and be aware before they step into that kind of what the, what the options are and right. kind of what the opportunities are, sure. but certainly we have to include 
you know, potential downside. So to me, when I, because Michelle and I work a lot with people who are getting in the business and even from the very early stages, we ask them, think about what an exit looks like. Right. Think oh, about yes. what the value of your business is going to be down the line, even from the very first days of your business. So now all these things come into place. Like what's, how could I liquidate? If something happened to me or one of my key people, what's that going to mean for me? And so that's why we always kind of, you know, people get in the business and they expect to be in it for 20 years, but we also know life is life. Sometimes circumstances change. And if we find ourselves unexpectedly having to liquidate this primary asset in our business, can we sell it? Right. Right. And there are people that there's out, they are out there. Yeah. And there's uh, again, like I said, there's more and more that are coming around. Mm-hmm. I look at it, you know, and you and I have been in the business for a long time, you know, um, a long time ago, there were not a lot of finance companies or, and or banks that were getting into the buy here, pay here business. Sure. They, they didn't want to get into the buy. They're like, no, 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 no. I don't want to touch that. In fact, you know, that's why even Wells Fargo at one point in time sold off car financial uh, because, you know, uh, the explanation that, that uh, I I got a long time ago was if you can't really, you know, offer the, you know, Wells Fargo always wanted to offer seven different products, mm-hmm. you know, one way or another to, to their customers. Um, but in the bigger scheme of things, you know, they didn't see us as that value because our customers weren't able, our right. guests at that point in time, I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I learned guests from, from somebody recently yeah, and I'm yeah. trying to use it even more because yeah. I, I think it's a true, it's, it's a great value to be able to call them a guest versus yeah, a customer. That's good. Um, but I will say that, you know, uh, since they couldn't, they said, you're not, you're not in our model of what we're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Mia, you know, they didn't do that. They didn't want to get into it. And now look at everybody that says, I'd love to be in the buy here, pay here business. And there's so many even private equity um, mm-hmm. uh, firms that want to get into the buy here, pay here business yeah. for a number of reasons. Yeah. And I would say that my, I've always said that basically I would never describe buy here, pay here as recession proof. But I do treat it as, or think of it as recession resistant. Yes. Because, you know, there's, a, there's plenty of evidence to suggest that when crazy things happen with the stock market, stock market crazy things happen with the economy, buy here, payers down here, just chugging along because folks got to have those cars. That's right? it. And so that's kind of the bottom line. So I think it is attractive for investment. We've seen investment and capital kind of come in and out of this space, but it does make sense to me at a time when economy is tough that buy here, payer is a smart place to invest. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and lease your payer is even, you know, just as smart mm-hmm. uh, again, you know, right now, it, you know, maybe not as many lenders, but there's more getting into the market. And if there's more, if, and just like anything else, if all of a sudden there's going to be more people in the market, guess what? You're going to have more people following them saying, ha, you right. know what? Maybe I should get into that as well. Right. So, sure. you know, I, I see that as a true value at that point. And, right. and again, from the leasing, leasing standpoint, you know, it, it's almost a no brainer. Um, this is why in the most recent months, I've had more new car franchises probably contacting me, talking oh. to me about it yeah. and discussing, saying, how do I get into this? What should I do? Yeah. And, you know, what are the opportunities for me as a new car franchise? Sure. And from that standpoint, you know, you know, not to speak, you know, about anybody else, you know, but um, from that standpoint, they get vehicles already from their trade-ins. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost a perfect scenario to kind of walk right through and put yeah. it into some type of deal. Like sure. That. Good. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we know there's opportunity there. Did, did we leave out anything that you wanted to share? You know, um, I think we talked about some of the, the negatives. Um, we talked about, uh, you know, uh, terminology. Uh, you know, you got to make sure that you're using the right terminology on the lease versus, uh, you know, um, uh, buy here, pay here. The other thing uh, that I didn't, we didn't mention and as a positive is I can actually, so on a lease or when you're leasing vehicles, you can actually put the price of the vehicle 
And then you, you have additional fees that you can put onto the lease, you know, at the, you know, when you're doing the, the, the agreement, because there's no actual um, uh, interest rate that you're, uh, it's an implicit interest rate that you're going to be putting onto it, but there's no uh, interest rate that is actually listed on the actual agreement or the right. lease itself. Right. So that's actually a true big benefit that I, we didn't really touch on, but right. but uh, some some value to that because you know if you're comparing yourself or someone's comparing your price to somebody else, well that that's that's a big thing as well. So right. you know just like anything else, you know that that's a strength to you know a uh, uh, a lessor um, at that point in time as well. Um, but I think that's pretty much it. You know, it's yeah. it buy your pay here and lease your pay here are very similar in so many ways yeah. other than the terminology, right. um, but you're still collecting on it the same way. Um, you have the availability to turn that, uh, you know, if you can turn that that vehicle around um, after something happens to a customer turns it back in, they do a, some repossession, whatever. Mm-hmm. You can turn it back around in, in five to seven days. Sure. Nice. Depending on the recon. So it's a big benefit. It is. Yeah. There's certainly some key benefits that we want our listeners to be aware of. I think that, you know, one of the things we didn't touch on and, and it's okay, like the, the, we, we can't cover it all, but, but there's this idea that, you know, with used car prices getting higher, there's oh, some arguments goodness. that that's a good time to have that on your, your, your balance sheet, you know, more so than maybe before. So, you know, I don't want to try to predict what's going to happen with the used car market, but I can see why some people might be looking at leasing at this time you know, because of the cost of the car. And, and now we factor in the income, or I'm sorry, the sales tax piece on the front end, and you start to see why it makes sense with the higher cost of car. But anyway, we should probably wrap it up there. I know you and I could talk about this for a good long while. Um, by the way, Bill, as, as I said, is a 20 group moderator with NIADA. If you're contemplating a 20 group, um, reach out to Bill, Bill at NIADA, right? Yes. That's and correct. reach out to him at NIADA.com .com. and let's, um, and ask him about availability in 20 groups. Sure. Great uh, place to be in a peer group and, and have a chance to learn from others who have been there and done that and can kind of be mentors for you. So, so we definitely love the, the 20 group thing. And so we, we know Bill's a good guy to, to have as your moderator. And, uh, and so, we, and we know NIADA is a good place to be with that. I got to get, give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Neo. If you folks are enjoying the the content here with the Tote the Note podcast, then just let's thank Neo because it's a, their sponsorship that helps us bring a lot of this to you. So, right. so by all means, let's, uh, let's give a, a shout out to, uh, to Neo for, uh, you know, adding their support to what we do. So, so again, let's wrap up there, but uh, Bill, again, I thank you for joining us and uh, you folks reach out to Bill at NIADA.com. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Please leave a review and don't forget to subscribe to Tote the Note. And thanks again to our sponsor, Neo. Find them at neoverify.com. Until next time.